0: and welcome to this edition of Scots in Us. The first in a series of four spotlights we're going to do about Robert Burns as we gear up to celebrate Robert Burns, the National Bard of Scotland. And what better way to start this than by being joined by Christopher Waddell. He is the learning manager of the Robert Burns Birthplace Museum in Alloway, Scotland. And so without more ado, Let's now be joined by Christopher. Christopher, good morning.
1: Good morning, Camilla.
0: So, Christopher, when a person journeys up to, across to Alloway, they will experience Robert Burns in such a wonderful interactive way. There are so many things that you have developed in the museum. It's not just walking through the doors. And you will really get a chance to discover more of the man, his life, and his legacy. So can you talk to us a little bit about that and introduce us? Well, well, absolutely,
1: Camilla, yes. Well, first of all, thank you very much for providing me with this opportunity to do so. Um, the story of Robert Burns begins here in Alloway. He was born here 25th of January 1759. And of course, the centre of the site is that wonderful birthplace cottage, a simple Four-roomed house, two rooms at the time that his father built it, 1757, two years before Robert was born. It's been expanded in the in the years since. And visitors can enter the cottage and see what life would have been like for this very humble man of the 18th century in his formative years. And of course, there are other elements of incredible built heritage around the site. There's the famous Kirk Alloway, the old church which is experienced in the... that. Burns' epic narrative poem, Tam O'Shanter. This is where Tam enters the haunted Kirkyard at night. A rather worst for wear, rather the worst for drink it has to be said, a common theme in, in Scottish literature, it must be noted, and he sees there the hellish legion, these witches and warlocks dancing, the devil playing the bagpipes and all that great fun stuff it's a ruin now, it was a ruin at the time of Burns, it was a spooky place that featured prominently in the local landscape, believed by the locals to be a haunt of witches, and Burns simply drew in that. There's the famous Brig O'Doon, the bridge over the river Dun, and yes, that is where Lerner and Got the name for their famous musical of 1953, and it's a wonderful single span medieval bridge which Tam gallops across to escape from the witches in Burns' poem. There's the Burns Monument, a wonderful neoclassical edifice built in 1823 to memorialize Burns, some uh, 20, let me think, 27 years after he passed away. And then, of course, there's the Birthplace Museum itself where I'm sitting right now. We have over 5,000 items here, manuscripts, letters, original poems, artifacts that belong to Burns, and a lot of what we term Burnsiana. That part of the Burns legacy that's the the post-mortem story, which illustrates how Burns has grown in the collective imagination of Scots and in other people across the globe.
0: I have to ask you very quickly: When did Burns start writing? When did he start oh, composing?
1: Goodness, well, he he, in a in a autobiographical letter of 1787 to a gentleman called Dr. John Moore, he uses the phrase "I want I first committed the sin of rhyme," and he was referring to his 15th year. And it will not surprise you to learn, Camilla, that this first uh, piece was called oh, Once I Loved a Bonnie Lass. Uh, <laughs> Burns, is known for more than just his poetry. He's known for being a bit of a rake, I have to say. And we, we have to be rather careful how we, how we tell but that part of the story. But a bit of a romantic nowadays.
0: too, because his words are Absolutely. beautiful. They're not, his work is not rakish. No, no, I, and, and
1: um, Burns is he's, he's very much the, the morning star of the romantic movement. Wordsworth and Keats both visited the birthplace cottage here. And they, they drew inspiration to pay homage to this great um, leading light of the the, the the literary movement that they were the, uh, the you know that the great English pillars of Burns is the in many ways the Scots forefather of it. He comes about a generation or so before these guys, and and they come here to visit. And that's romantic with a larger, but he's very much romantic with a smaller. He treated women as muses. He fell in love very easily. His wife said of him, Gene Armour, his wife, said of him, Our Rab should have had two wives, which translates as, Our Robert should have had two wives, possibly more than two, if you know (laughs) the story of his somewhat rakish exploits. But it translates onto the page in the most wonderful, flowery, romantic language. And of course, it's all done so in the Scots tongue as well, which adds this element of romanticism to it, this arcane mode of speech that we Scots still speak among ourselves and, we tend to become a wee bit uh, romantic ourselves when we speak in it, and if you add some drams of whiskey into the mix and a roaring fire, it brings out the romantic in us all. Well.
0: Christopher, I have to ask you a terribly basic question, but um, Robert Burns was a wordsmith, Very right? He, he was. The, he wrote the the words. Did he work with anybody to create the music around things? Did he collaborate? Or was it all him sitting there and writing the music and writing the words?
1: He did occasionally collaborate with people and he sort of horse-traded in many ways with some of his editors who would sometimes recommend particular um, pieces of music to try and fit his words to. But essentially Burns was... In many ways, he was a very early proponent of preserving folk culture. And what he would do is, as he travelled around Scotland, which he did on numerous occasions and and, and made some very notable journeys, he would hear traditional music and he would make a note of the tune. Now, there are only a, a certain number of traditional tunes. So what Burns would do is he would take the tune and he would make his words fit. To the tune. That was very important to him, to preserve the integrity of the original music. He was involved in projects to do so. One uh, project in particular, the Scots Musical Museum, was a select a collection of six volumes, which came out between 1787 and about 1800. These were the brainchild of a gentleman in Edinburgh called James Johnson. Johnson was a printer of sheet music, and he'd made quite some money at it because he had then pioneered in the UK a method of printing sheet music using pewter plates, which meant they could be reused and a lot of music could be printed. And having made some money at this, Johnson embarked on this project, working with poets and music collectors to collect the native music of Scotland. Six volumes, each with 100 songs each, Camilla and Burns contributes over a third of them. And if he only got part of a traditional song, whilst he was collecting it. He simply used his own lyric talents to fill in the blanks, as it were.
0: Um, I've been working a little bit with, um, I don't know if you've met him yet, Karen Pasquay, on early music and and that side of things and and with the Library of Scotland as well. And I think there's uh, so much more to this wonderful world of Robert Burns, of, of bringing the music and how that collaboration went on.
1: Indeed, yes. Um, and it's interesting that you can hear a particular version of a Burns classic, say, My Love Is Like A Red Red Rose. Yes. And you could hear a dozen musicians doing it and they will all do it in very different ways, but they will stick to that original melody. The classic one that we all know, of course, and it's very salient because we were all singing it just a few days ago, is "Old Lang Syne this song by which Burns is known around the world. But the version that we sing is not Burns' original choice of music. It was changed by one of his editors, a gentleman called uh, George Thompson. But the original version that Burns chose is a much slower, much more ballad-like. And I, I tend to think it works a bit better. It tends to make you more reflective, as one should be at New Year. And in fact, that particular version of it came to some prominence a few years ago as it featured in Sex in the City 2, I believe, as I was informed by my wife. And it's by a lady called Mary Campbell, a Scots singer. And it's a wonderful version. And I would recommend that anybody who tunes into this and hears me saying this, track it down and listen to it. It's truly wonderful.
0: Well, we're going to take a moment and we're going to hear a rendition of My Love is Like a Red, Red Rose that was done for us. But at the same time, I'm going to try and find that Mary Campbell one as well, but we'll be back in a moment. So now that we're we're back again with you and we've just listened to some wonderful music, can you tell us what you are planning for Burns 2024? And um, what, if anybody is up in Alloway at that time or tuning in, because often I know that you do uh, podcasts and different things as well and invite people to listen in, um, what can people be um, hearing from the Birthplace Museum this year?
1: Well, the the nature of this site, Camilla, means that that we have uh, an awful lot taking place that's pitched towards families uh, on the evening of the twenty seventh, and indeed that whole weekend we have an event called the Burns Big Birthday Bash, which will involve a ceilidh in the evening. People can sit down in huge groups to their haggis, tatties and neeps, the traditional meal that we we serve on Burns night. You can have a few drinks, you can dance to the ceilidh music. And then it's become over the years a bit of a a tradition to have a fire festival attached to that. So we have wicker artefacts created specifically for the event, which are burned outside and and a moment of revelry when we all go outside, wrap up. We'll light the, the wicker statues and people will come back inside be piped in and piped out again and the party will carry on. And it's all very rumbustuous and, and pagan as you can imagine. Just the way that's what we Scots are if you just scratch the surface a wee bit, Camilla.
0: It's funny you met you, you speak about um, the pagan side of things for one of a minute. Yes. Because he really did love Halloween as well and i mean Absolutely. Uh, it, 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 you know um we did a a celebration of burns at halloween just because people don't realize that it you know we could be celebrating burns all throughout the year which you know but also at halloween as a t- as a tee up
1: halloween's always a big affair for us here in alvey because of course this is where... Tam O'Shanter takes place. The story follows a linear path here, and it's the spookiest of all his poems. And he writes a poem about Halloween, which strangely isn't about ghosts and goblins and witches and all that, but it's more about the folk practices of the peasant people at the time. But yes, it's a it's a great way to celebrate Burns with the 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 dark and the spooky side of things. And when you come to this site here, there's witchcraft imagery all over the place simply because of its associations with um with Tam O'Shanter. And all done, of course, in a bit of a tongue-in-cheek way. Tam is a Tam O'Shanter's a, a humorous poem. It involves drinking, uh, it involves a man with an eye for the ladies. It involves a rather pell mell nighttime dash on horseback through the, the Ayrshire countryside to escape from these forces of darkness. It's all great fun. And of course, as you correctly point out, Camilla, yes, Burns is for the entire year. Many people used to say a puppy's not for just for Christmas. Well, of course it's not. And Burns isn't just for January, folks. Yeah. You can celebrate him all year round
0: i know and and i'm so delighted to be in touch with you again it was wonderful when we had the chance to meet at grandfather mountain and you were doing such great such great things down at the heritage village um and learned so much then i hope we can catch up during the year and and keep the conversation going because as you say there's so much more to all of this and um Thank you so much. So have a great Burns Night or Burns Festival weekend. And thank you for telling us just a little bit more about the wonderful Burns Place Museum.
1: It's an absolute pleasure, Camilla, and I very much look forward to catching up again soon. Thank you very much. Thank you.